everybody, and welcome to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. How's it? Devin Nikoba. How's it? And our special guest today will be Ron Artis II. Um, yes. We are doing a Zoom call this time. We're not uh, <coughs> in person only because Ron is in Oregon currently, and so he'll be Zooming in from there. Uh, so we're back to Zoom. <laughs> it was kind of nice to have an in-person podcast for a couple of weeks, but uh, we'll, we'll get it's back nice to it. while it lasted. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we begin, let me go over the ways that people can get in touch with the show. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. Of course, you can go to SoundCloud, Apple Music, or iTunes. I'm doing this all by memory this time. And download mm. the podcast. While you're there, rate us five stars. And you can always email us at highsessions at yahoo.com. Of course, if you want to support the show, you can go out and become a patron. Uh, a patron, there's where you donate money and help the show, uh, help fund the show. And with that, you get some perks, you get some uh, swag, you get some content that's not available anywhere else but on the Patreon. So if you go P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, you can go ahead and do that. And the new thing, someone had a suggestion that I thought was great. So all of these... Uh, jams that we do on the podcast, mm-hmm. we're making them into uh, wave files that you can download. So you can download the songs, oh. but that's only available for our patrons. So, uh, so the Tavana jam and the Sean Pimentel jam, those are available. You can get them for download uh, there. Um, do you have right. the um, Jake and you jam too from the second? I don't have that one. No, yeah, I don't have that one. But uh, oh. we'll, we'll do something again now that we can do things in person. Uh, and moving forward too, when Kat comes on, uh, Catherine Toth, one day we'll have her on again. We'll, she'll do beatboxing and I'll, I'll rap and Devin <laughs> can play the cajon and we'll, we'll put that up. Yeah. Cool. That's too bad though. You can't do something with Ron. That would have been Yeah. 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 One day he'll be in. I mean, we'll, we'll have him on, I'm sure multiple times. He's such an interesting character, you know? Mm-hmm. You can find Devin on 94.7 Kumu in the mornings. You can go to highlife808.com for Kyle. Kyle's wearing the high sessions uh, High Life uh, collab podcast shirt. Uh, so there's that's there to pick up and uh, support the show. So all of that there. How's everybody doing so far, Kyle and Devin? Interesting day, huh? Interesting day. <laughs> well, for you guys living outside, <laughs> yeah. It was just a day until you said, hey, we can't start on time because uh, there's cops everywhere. Yeah, right on my street, there was a there was a stabbing and uh, they set, shut down the whole area. There was a manhunt for this guy that went on for a few hours. The police caught him, helicopters flying, all that kind of stuff. So it was an interesting morning, if I can put it that way. Um, yeah, condolences to the family, you know, that got to deal yeah. with the tragedy. Yeah, it, it's, it was a, it, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, I wasn't there. I was at work. I had to go home, um, you know, just make sure that everybody's, Say if my, my son was at school and they, they locked up the school, but I figured ah, they're pretty, I imagine they're pretty safe there. I mean, you know, they got mm-hmm. all those teachers, everyone's boarded up, you know, it's probably safer than, I was worried about, more about my parents, you know, this guy could run into their yard or you know, try to hide yeah. in their garage or something like yeah, that. You right. never know that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, they, they got the guys. So good job to the police uh, for um, Honolulu PD for tracking them down. Um, they came walking through our condo complex. <laughs> it's taught to stay a little oh, bit. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's funny because uh, they told us, oh, we're looking for a guy that's wearing all black, you know, black shirt, black pants. 
and then so I was like, okay. And I, I went to Safeway to get a, a Poke Bowl for lunch, you know? And there was a guy wearing a black shirt, black pants there. I kind of wanted to tell him, right, you may want to go home and change your shirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're looking for a guy that looks like you, you know? But uh, anyway, that that's all over now. But yeah, so, we could. So what was, was the guy wearing a black shirt and black pants in the picture? That he they- was. He was wearing uh, like a black hoodie and, and black pants. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure it'll be all over the news tonight, but yeah, because because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get home. There's like camera crews everywhere, like down the street, and they blocked off the whole street. So I had to come in through the back and have they just open the gate for for the complex so I could so I couldn't park in my parking stall or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty wow. pretty crazy morning, but uh, yeah, other than that, it's been it's been good, kind of kind of same old same old. <laughs> this week this weekend. This weekend, I don't even remember. Oh, I, I should say that we did release um, Honoka. She mm-hmm. did a pod, uh, not a podcast, but a high session shoot. So her videos are coming up uh, this week. So as you hear this, uh, two of her three videos will be released. And then we have we, we have production going on again at high session. So we have a shoot tomorrow. We have a shoot on Friday. We have a shoot on wow. Sunday. So Who's the artist? So tomorrow it's uh, Bobby Modero and Andrew Molina. Oh, Andrew nice. is an ukulele artist from uh, Maui. He's yeah. going to fly over to do a shoot for us, with us, wow. I should say. On Friday, we're doing a Pure Heart concert. It's a private concert, but it's going to be filmed because they can't do a, they can't do an event. So so it's going to be. Mm. At first, it was going to be a live stream, but then they changed it to a just a filmed event but then we're going to specifically be talking about the um you know in between songs we have banter about the uh the the person people who hired us and then oh, sunday cool. we're doing a shoot with uh, ron who's going to be on in a couple of minutes but that's uh that's more of a it's not really a high session shoot it's something else but but it's just i'm just using it as an example of, of how we're ramping up with the production so uh, people can start to expect to see more stuff coming up Dude, they're running you guys they're running you guys on k5 like every day I, <laughs> I keep I keep hoping you guys are getting money for those because dude they they run like five shows at a sh- at a crack and I'm the high session show, yeah. Wow. You, no, I think... the, the funny thing is there's no description. Like if you put if you put press info, nothing. They don't tell you anything about the show. You just gotta join in and go. Oh, oh, okay, it's them. You know, wow. it's crazy. Well, I know that I think people like especially TV stations like our content because it's one of those things you can just turn on and just watch. So people just kind of turn it on and they just leave it on. They watch it, you know? So, but do they, they pay you for that? Right. Uh, I don't think so at this point. Our contract ended with K5 a while ago, but, uh, you know, they, they ask like, can we still run the show, you know, reruns? It helps Um, your viewership. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't hurt, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, and we don't have any other contract. Uh, you know, if it turns out that we have a contract, we're going to get a contract with another station or do something else, then we'll probably have to t- take it off K five, right? But until then, we're pretty. They they were always nice to us. Like they're there's a good match. So you know. so we got all your high session stuff lined up for um, performances this week. What about that pure heart one? If it's private, how? Can anybody view it later on? Or so, so that... the hope is because we're filming it, we can we can put up post some of the some of the concert. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so that's why I mentioned it because it, it'll probably show up somewhere in the high sessions um, universe. Okay. Cool. <laughs> nice. 
Let's not even get into that. Oh, part. wow. Hey, look at wow. that. That's Look at that. Right that there. is amazing. Fancy. Hey, can you guys hear me? I can yeah, hear you. Sir. What's up, buddy? All right. Good, good. Give me one second. Oh, and look, baby's in the background. <laughs> we, got, we got all the bases covered, man. Yeah, I got it right there. I got a safe <laughs> chocolate just for in. Especially <laughs> when I need to get online. I know how to save my... I know how to save my bribes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Ron probably has the best looking backdrop we've seen so far. Yeah. Yes, all the zooms that we've done, right? And this is all I've been doing for the last year. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah. So he said something. And you know, the other thing, and, and I mean this, uh, I don't want to embarrass Ron or anything, but you know, when Ron comes in to do video shoots, I usually take photos. And um, I'm always super impressed. Ron's skin is so like nice. He, has, <laughs> he doesn't have a pimple or a zit or a black, you know, like a mole or anything. It's so smooth that's, looking. That's called married life. My wife makes sure I have a balanced diet now. It used okay. to be. Oh, there you go. It used to be everything with sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever you're doing <laughs> works. I could open and I could eat it within two minutes, then I would buy it. But no. <laughs> I, I learn to cook and then they eat the green stuff that grows instead of <laughs> yeah all of us all of us are living better because of our wives man that's just kind of how it goes <laughs> it's like I, I started saying the joke I was like they didn't marry us because they wanted us to die right away they want us to okay <laughs> <laughs> that's right well Ron is uh, zooming in from Oregon, and before we begin, let me give a quick intro. So Ron Artis is the second. Ron Artis the second. He is a musician. I would say that hails from the North Shore of the island of Oahu, and um, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm just like blowing smoke, but the guy is like one of the most amazing uh, music. He can play anything, but uh, especially his. Uh, R&B, blues, and, and soul stuff is just, is just amazing. And uh, he's currently in Oregon in the cold. But we'll be back soon for... Because uh, I know you have, you have something with Devin on Friday, right? Um, Friday. What's Friday? Uh, we, we have MVT Live, Monroe Valley Theater Live. Yeah. But it's in, advance, it's in advance of the shows that he's going to be doing at MVT. Uh, ah. I believe the 6th and the 7th. Oh, and cool. Yeah. And it, and Funny because like I I I'm doing a show in Maui the same night and oh. I I didn't look and see what time I was supposed to load in so <laughs> maybe I'll be there. Um, <laughs> hey man, it's been a while. I'm out of practice a little bit. <laughs> I'm just stacking things on top of each other. <laughs> like, oh, okay, so but um yeah no I'm looking forward to it because um uh, we're actually gonna either be in the green room or right before we start driving. I'm gonna do it so i'm looking okay sweet yeah it, and it's uh our show's only about half an hour and uh, it will be exactly like this except for without those two guys it's gonna be me and you so i'm gonna ask almost the exact same questions <laughs> <laughs> but yeah once again uh his show at mono valley theater is gonna be the sixth and the seventh uh and actually you can the tickets are selling out fast but you can uh watch it um on I on sure. video as well that's very cool yeah so i think they're gonna they're almost out i think we have six seats left or something like that <laughs> so for those of you who have not seen ron live you definitely need to go to see him live because 
Mm-hmm. Um, we, he did a show at um, Academy of Arts once, and yep. we were fortunate enough to go down and photo and video at the thing. And it really, beyond just being a talented singer, songwriter, and all that stuff, he's got a great message and between songs, good banter and stuff like that, too. So let's talk about your your upbringing, Ron. I know you're from a musical family. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I've got 10. So there's 11 of us. Dang. Wow. It's, it's, it was, man, it was the coolest thing growing up in a family that size. You know, you got, you got all your best friends around you and all your uh, accomplices around you to see. <laughs> so where do you fit in, Ron? Are you the oldest or the youngest? Uh, the middle? I'm the second eldest. I got an older sister. Uh, her name is Stefani. She's awesome she's the most i think she's the most gentle of our whole whole family all our siblings she's the most gentle and all of you are in the music business um asking the wrong brother because i'm kind of <laughs> but um everybody is creative everybody's in the arts pretty much um one of my brothers is more into sports he's really gifted there too um but everybody's just really they're uh, i guess it's because my parents are really focused when we were really young about your job is to find out who you are and introduce that person to us. And I think this that, mm. that approach to parenting, I think it was pretty amazing. And I hope that this one's covered in chocolate. <laughs> that was my bribe. I was like, I got to do a Zoom, so I'm going to give you a piece of chocolate. Here you go, buddy. Where <laughs> <Anywhere> now? <laughs> it's busy. It's stuck to the back of your hand, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that I can figure that out with our with our kids as they grow up. Of course, you know, I'm partial. I'm like, are you sure you want to play music? Play play an instrument. Here's a guitar. Here's a- <laughs> um, but um, so far, two of my daughters are really taking to wanting to learn what it means to play an instrument. Um, one of my daughters, my oldest one, she's just really drawn to visual art. So she's drawing every day. Any minute she can get away with it, she has something in her hands for drawing. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, you got you got three daughters, right? Is that correct? Four now. Four. Oh, four. Oh, wow. the youngest. Are you, are you going for ten? Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh, <laughs> Everybody's asking me this, like, hey, so you only got six more to go? I was like, no, I'm not chasing the record, man. I'm not chasing the record. <laughs> no, um, we're just grateful. When when my wife and I we first got married, um, I guess after a year or so, we were told we wouldn't be able to have any kids. So we're just really oh, wow. Oh. You know, man, we never know what life's going to throw at us. And and sometimes people make predictions and the predictions aren't right. You know, I, I wish that wasn't true with this last year. I wish I wish everybody yeah. was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Um, but um, this year has taught us so much, man. Musically, I've had a lot of time to really reflect and work on some stuff. I'm going to be sharing a lot of new songs that aren't even recorded um on the shows coming up and i'm looking forward to doing that but um one thing too is like it's just stopping breathing being aware of the moment being aware of time because like you said i grew up in hawaii and it most all my music and everything was always influenced about taking it one day at a time moving slowly through life taking time to have conversations with people and then you start to get quote like more successful and it's all about let's get as many places and share music as many places as we can. But then it's less time for reflection. It's less Mm -hmm. time for just sitting down talking story and just soaking up life. And it's, that's one of the things I I didn't really want to see happen to me 
but it's like as things sped up, you don't really realize it. That it's like, hey, I'm here for two days and I'm there for four days and I'm there. And then you come back and it's like, hey, man, when did your kids grow up? You know, mm. so thankfully my family travels with me, but then you get back and you see friends and the kids are that you know they were five years old, all of a sudden they're way up there and you're like, I gotta, it's, it's a balance. It's a balance, right? <laughs> Another piece of oh, how often do you come back home, Ron? Um, man, well, this last year, I think we only made it back to the islands twice. Um, wow. We were, we were doing a show on Big Island last March. And we walk, when we're walking out of the hotel in the morning to fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, don't give me. That's going to be, your, that's gonna be your, your backup singer in your group, man. Yeah. yeah. You can tell the difference that when I give her crackers, that uh -huh. not the same. She's like, gonna, Look, she's right. grooving. You always got to choose the chocolate over crackers. Yeah. <laughs> chocolate is the key to happiness. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah, we were the last time. When we were touring in Hawaii, it was, um, it was March 2020. We're walking out of the hotel after the show, like going to the airport, going to fly, I guess, to Oahu. And my phone started blowing up, but the whole tour was just getting postponed. And everybody mm. was, don't worry, it's only a couple months, then you guys going to be back out here. And you know, we all know what happened. <laughs> wow. So then it was like, um, I think I got to go back for a short while, just before Christmas. We played um, on Oahu. You gotta get some more chocolate, huh? Yeah, I gotta get it all like this just before mom gets back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so cute. But uh, water break. <laughs> so what? It, so you know, I I was uh, telling someone else the other day. There's two musicians fell into two camps, I think, over this pandemic. The first one is uh, the guys who took this downtime and really became creative and started doing things, you know, getting an album ready, getting yep. the material, practicing in it. And then there's the ones who just got lazy and just uh, didn't do anything. And I fell into camp number two. Where I just, uh, I, I was like, wow, I've never had time off like this, you know, like where I'm not crazy. And I just kind of enjoyed well, it. Well, I'm, um, I'm really, a, I'm, I'm really a type of person where I, I learned early in life that, for me to stay out of trouble, I gotta stay busy. Ah, like you don't want to stand around me when I'm idle, man. I just <laughs> I'm gonna start trouble with somebody. It's gonna be like, oh, it's like it's either if I don't have anything to do or or if I had an espresso. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, me, man, it was um, it was wild. Um, at first I was like, you know, what everybody was thinking first is like. Oh, I gotta take care of my kids. I gotta take care uh, of my family. Yeah. So that was the first thing. And then, thankfully, man, I mean, my wife and I, we look back at this at 2020, we it's like, there's no way we were supposed to make it through that year the way we did. Mm. There's no mm. way, man. All we can do is give thanks to God because it's like, we, we try and work hard, we try and focus, we try to do right by people. And then you look at the end of the year, it's like, wow, somehow it all worked out. But, um, yeah. And um, going into this year, we were like, okay, now we have this whole other era where I've been doing a lot of writing for like short films or short documentaries or commercials. Mm. And that's really been really fun and really interesting. I think that the fun part there is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fun joking part there is like, um, you learn that there's a lot of 
Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <She's> so... <laughs> no, you, no you were right. You, you ended up doing a lot of scoring for um, yeah, a lot of scoring and stuff. Like that. And stuff. That was yeah. really fun because, you know, it's um, it's it's really challenging. And to to look at a visual with no sound, there's no um, mm. there's no Foley, like no sound effects, no dialogue, nothing. And you're supposed to take this footage and add music to it. Mm-hmm. And out when right away when I was like, oh yeah, of course I want to do scoring. And then they sent me the footage and there was no sound. Try watching a movie with no sound and think <laughs> you have to create the music to that. Do you at least know what the movie is about, though, when, you, when you're watching this, this movie and no sound? Yeah, you do. They, they tell you in some places, this is where it gets funny. Some places, if you're not working with other creative people who are the ones that contact you, they send you like an eight-page brief of oh. what they want you to create. And a lot oh, of them are morons because it's like, we want it intensely quiet. everything's really really fast but like slow and i'm like (laughs) okay and there's like yeah make it like super soul r&b like really groovy but more like more like ed sharon and sam smith and i'm like (laughs) okay okay. i figured out i was like send me audio examples yeah, mm. a friend told me that he's like, have just send audio examples, and that speaks that speaks like a thousand miles. Mm. Hold on one second. Oh. She saw mom come in, so now she. Oh, there you go. Staring over there, she's like, "All right, dad, you- about, homie, that's the one to go take care of me, man." She's like, "That's the goal over there." Yeah, there we go. Yeah, go over mom. there. Oh, well, hi, mom. <laughs> candy. That's fine. Okay. She's, now she's smiling at me. She's all like, "Right, daddy." <laughs> I'm all good now. She's all what good. Is the, what is the first project that you worked on in terms of the scoring thing? I mean, what uh, got you started? One of the first ones, which was really fun, was uh, Vela. It's a project I did with um, um, Spencer, and they have um, a group. They work a lot with John John Florence. Okay. So it's a project when John John was recovering from his knee injury. It's 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 all part of a journey towards him going to the Tokyo Olympics. And so when he had his knee injury, everybody was like, oh, man, what's John John doing? He was kind of out of the eye of everybody because he had to rehab and take care of his knee and heal. But he went on this really cool sailing project down to Palmyra. And it was about learning the ecosystem of the ocean and learning how things used to be, how they could be again. So this whole series is a four-part series on YouTube. And some of the clips they sent me was like, it's completely silent. They're like, all right, this cool thing is happening. I'm in, and Eric Eric Knudsen is one of the lead videographers there. This guy is gifted. Like he can film from under the water in these ways. Like, I mean, it was it was super beautiful and intimidating because it's like I have to put music on that and mess it up. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, I'm, I'm supposed to mess it up. It's like it's gonna sound like me, like. On that, and it's like so. What happened was it was so cool because we, um, it was all these random ideas. I was just like, just throw ideas at me, and then I will, I will just go different directions and send you samples. And a song came out of that, which was um, um, a song called "Songs of Love." So every time anybody listens to the sound check, they always request that song out of me, and mm-hmm. it's it's really hard because I wrote it is to be like a 25 second song. Like, you know, you watch mm. it sometimes and you see a scene and it's just like, 
somebody going out of a door doing something and there's this cool passes of music playing and then they go in and then they get in a car and then the dialogue starts and the music fades out. Right. So most of the time we aren't conscious that that's maybe 12 seconds, maybe 20 oh. seconds, right? So they're like, write something for that. And so I was like, said it isn't half bad. We were singing in the park, said it wasn't half bad. And I send it in and I have like a four part vocal harmony on it and a little bass. It's like, it's like the Beatles meet the Beach Boys. If they ever had collaborated, I, that's kind of where I approached it from. And, and I sent it to them and they're like, oh, that's so awesome. We want to feature it. Send us the rest of the song. And I was like, um. <laughs> <laughs> that was the song. <laughs> there is no more song. They're like, yeah, we need just 47 seconds of it. And I was like, okay. And then I went further on and I was like, um, till the world kept singing songs that no one really understood. And the world kept getting swiftly torn apart. And then I, I wrapped it up and I faded it. And then it was like, oh, we changed our mind again. We want a two minute version. We're gonna, we're gonna just, <laughs> in, in the third episode, it's just gonna feature the whole song. And man, I nearly threw my guitar across the room. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, it was going crazy. Cause it's like, uh, it was like, but I'm really happy how the song came out. But then it's the one song that stumped me when I tried to play it live because it's, um. Mm. It's hearing it without doing all the harmonies. Mm. So I thought, man, there's one guy in Hawaii comes to mind right away if I think about singing a song live and want to do harmonies on it. And that's Alex Kawajimi. Yeah, so yeah. I called him up and I was like, I was like, hey, man, um, when I come to town, you want to sing this song with me? So um, I'm going to try to get him to be a special guest on one of the, on one of the nights. And then um, oh, nice. and I want to kind of record a video with him while I'm there. Because, man, Alex's voice is just so amazing. And um, I love Alex. Yeah, I saw him when he did the collaboration with uh, Capono and Friends, and they did a lot of the uh, CNK songs. It was just like mm -hmm. listening to the harmonies and his blend and approach. I was just like, I was like, man, we definitely got to do something together. Probably <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I have a song that I think he would really shine on. So I want to, I reached out to him to see if we're going to do something. So That's when you come up with um, writing your music and creating it, is it mostly done with which instrument? Your guitar? Um, it depends. Um, um, I was gonna share something with you guys. Now nobody's heard this at all, but uh, like I'm Ooh. writing all kinds of stuff. So um, it depends on the song. I, I'll either hear melody first. I rarely hear rhythm first. I usually ninety. I want to say ninety percent of the time I hear melody first, hmm. and then or a lyric, melody or a lyric, and then. I'll kind of go from there and it's usually whatever instrument is closest to me or ready to go. Like here, I've got my keyboard or, or my guitar. And then, uh, but this one song, I did stuff with the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra. And so um, I was supposed to come back and do something again with them soon. So I started just writing because I've had time to write. So uh, I wrote this song, which is going to be a piece that we're going to do together. Let me see if I can play it back for you and if you guys can hear it. Uh, it's called, the working title is called Not Quite Home, but my wife is like, it reminds me like, like a snowstorm kind of starting, like what we had here about a week ago. It was really crazy, man. It was 20 degrees. 
five to eight inches of snow. It shut down the whole city. Wow. And I was out, you know, shoveling snow, trying to get out my door. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't want that again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you adjust snow, snow, March you're living through snow. It, no. You don't, man. It's, it's beautiful to, to visit the snow. Uh -huh. and, you know, try to snowboard, go see it. Take a picture in a cabin and be like, hey, Instagram. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but then when you wake up three days in a row and you're like, if I want to go to the store and get something, I got to shovel my whole driveway. And then I got to drive out and either put chains on my tires or be like this guy and be like, oh, I've got chains on my tire in my car. I don't have to worry about it. Then when you need to put them on, you realize you bought the wrong size. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so this song here. I'll play um, a piece of it for you guys. Um, the working title is either going to be Not Quite Home or, or Snowfall. We're trying to get between which, which one, but it goes like this. This is one of my favorite parts because it's like when the storm really starts setting in, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so when we get with this. Wow, man. What the <laughs> heck was that, man? That's super cool. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Ron's going to start singing anytime. Oh, no. No, no. This is just a classical piece, man. You just, wow. Yeah, right, that. <laughs> that just made me have so many more questions pop up in my brain. <laughs> okay, so so the wow. first the first one is, are you classically? I, I know. Okay, so just to give every, everybody who's listening maybe don't know you, uh, I'll just give a real brief history of, of Ron. Ron grew up in a musical family, and his house was like the music house. Like everyone played instruments. Everyone would people would go over. And it was just a, it's just a music. So I know that you have that background, but are yeah. you classically trained as well? Did you learn? Because you you would have to notate that out, right? If you're giving that to the symphony. Yeah, yeah. it's all notated out and written. I didn't. Um, I want to. I want to find how to describe it. So most of my music training came from my dad, and right, he had a music background in in the music business, kind of like in the um, what was it, late seventies, eighties. Okay. Mm -hmm mid seventies to the eighties um, sound. And so what he said, he witnessed a lot in the music business is there's like, there's two worlds. There's the soul guys who can play everything by ear. I mean, you can, you can not tell him anything and just put him in the middle, like the jazz guys, soul guys, and just play a song. And they're going to just groove and go along following by ear, but knowing their music theory. But then you have the guys on the other side where you could dip a brush and ink and throw it on a paper on a manuscript and they can play those notes like that. Mm. And these guys here practicing eight hours a day and these guys just having their own way of just being in music all the time. The two worlds are powerful and beautiful, but 
they couldn't connect in the music business. You have to have a middle guy because like these guys don't speak the language of these guys per se. And then the classical guys don't really speak the language of these guys, meaning like jazz guy. It's like if it's kind of a cliche and a joke, but if you show up to a jazz gig and you're going to sit in, you do not ask what key the song's in. You don't. Mm. You ask what key is this in, you right away show you an amateur. It's uh. like, like I doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to ask me what key it's in. We're going to vibe. That's it. Mm. But with respect to that background, you take a musician from there and you put him in classical music and you say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, they struggle with that. And then you take uh, a classical musician and you tell him, um, hey, they're going to sit in. They're just going to jam. It's an A minor. And they're usually terrified. So mm -hmm. my dad really emphasized early on. And I had a lot of other teachers that came through my life. And, but it was like, he really emphasized, dive deep. I'm going to teach the greatest lesson that we wanted to teach us was I'm going to teach you how to learn because it's the greatest thing. You, if you go into something thinking you know it all already, you're not going to grow anymore. The second you start thinking you're great, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. So what I try to do is I always try to just remain a student of music, remain a student of life, because I think we learn so much through that. We share so much through that and just trying to stay in that state of humility, life is so much more enjoyable. If you if you start thinking you're all that, you got nowhere to go but down, you know what I mean? Then you have to try to lift mm -hmm. this facade to keep this level of who you think you are. But I just love music. And um, my first love in music was classical and flamenco. I could never play flamenco like Paco de la Tia or, or John Madocan or Al Demiola, like growing up, I could, I could never get the technique and everything, but I just love listening to it every single day in classical. I didn't really get into rock and roll until I was 13. Um, hmm. I don't know what, but something changed in my life as a young man at 13. And I was like, hey, I need more of that in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like, um, yeah, there's so many. I just think that there's so many ways to express yourself in music. And I just love all of it. As long as it's from a constructive place and an inclusive place and a loving place, I, I love it. So, um. This, like, I'm sure if you were to pull any um, really passionate, creative musician aside, they can hear different styles of music. It's whether they believe that they could go there or they believe that they could put the time in and, and express themselves in that avenue. It's just respecting all the styles of music that you come across. That's what I just try to do. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's well, crazy. Okay. Th that if, you were to, if you were to describe what kind of musician you are, then what would you say? I struggle with that. Like um, the only word I don't like and and I really don't like, it's my four letter word, is star. It, mm. um, a couple like people were just like, oh, you played with this guy, you did this festival. So you're like famous, you're a star. And I was like, no, I, it's not, it's not what I'm here for. I'm not, <laughs> I feel like if, I feel like if I've got to that point, then I failed. Because mm. If you if you listen to the lyrics and the things that I'm trying to sing about and play with with music, it's it's being a servant with my life. Meaning, I wanna I wanna somehow live my life in a way that it can be service to others. I wanna somehow say like, if I pick up a guitar and I just wanna just tell a story, um, I'm probably gonna go with something mellow, like a singer songwriter approach. If I'm feeling like, um, I don't know, like this is the more like a heavier kind of a down story we're going to talk about then i'll go more 
heaven did everything gonna be all right you know kind of it's just like but taking the time to really just absorb the style so i i more so if somebody asked me what kind of music do you play i i'd say uh singer songwriter i guess um i like soul music um i don't profess to be a classical musician because I know too many classical musicians that are wor worlds better than I am. So I'm not gonna, it's like I've learned quite a few instruments, but I'll never profess to play them because, you know, I don't want to pick up a saxophone next to my friends who play saxophone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's like ukulele. I, I, I started learning ukulele and um, I, I made the mistake of telling Jake that one day. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. I was like, I will never. <laughs> I'm alive. In ukulele around you, Jake. <laughs> it's just too good, man. I was just like, I just, I'm sorry. I will never do that. Uh, but it just, I just love music and, and trying to find a way to express myself in music. And it's just, it's, it's always fun. And I always trying to just absorb and be there. But one thing I did realize is um, um, this year, I always knew that I was inspired by people and just being around life and different circumstances and things happening. And that's one thing that I think it really was tough for me this year was, you know, not, not visiting many people, not being in many different communities and connecting and having conversations and just being in that kind of social circle to see what people are going through, what's what's happening now. I mean, all I can do is look on the news and the news is always throwing at me what's selling and it's yeah. not that you want to reflect on. It's 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 always the world is ending, people hate each other. This I was like, have you talked to your neighbor lately? Because my neighbors are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. If you just talk to your neighbor, the world's not burning. Everybody's not hating each other. But how do you get that message out there? And um and it's it's that's one thing that I'm looking forward to when everybody can get together again. It's just, you know, switch off the news, like Lucas Nelson says, switch off the news, man. Plant a garden, you know, go mm -hmm. meet somebody, have a conversation, stay in touch with nature, stay in touch with your neighbors and people. It's it goes a long way. It goes a long way. So would you say if if uh as things get better or, or you know, supposedly they they should get better. Would your goal be to get back and, and tour again, get back on the road? Or are you kind of, um, I, yeah, I guess you're, you're a people person. So that would be more interesting than doing this studio uh, session work. Yeah, well, it's, it's both. It's like um, when you tour and when you're at home, when you can at home, not like this last year, but at home, like where you can go and meet friends and get together. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that's it's the moment where you're sharing, you're connecting, and you're 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 absorbing and and bringing it all in. Because like to me, artists are storytellers. They're and they're historians. It's like you take in what's happening and then you reflect that. And mm -hmm. so it's like going in the studio is is basically a writer with his pen and his paper. It's that's when you you go to try to immortalize a feeling or an expression or a thought. You go in the studio and try to capture that. And then um, we go out again and, and meet people and try and share. I think what I'll try and do different this, um, this, this year is when things open up again is, is maybe try to have more of a definitive time of when I want to be out and just going, pedal to the metal, touring and traveling. And then when I want to kind of be in a community and just connected with my neighbors and connecting with people and, and um, having my kids kind of connect with with their friends you know right now they've got friends all over the map and uh, and they hardly see all of them all the time so it's um my oldest daughter will be starting school again soon and um 
somehow somebody let the secret out of the bag that they could actually stay home. <laughs> Before it was like what what was normal was get on the road with dad, let's go. Yeah. So um, I I think I'm gonna have to bribe him um, once we get back out the next time. I'm gonna have to start paying him a salary because um, <laughs> my oldest daughter uh, she's she's pretty all of them pretty savvy, but she's pretty smart. So I was like, all well, right, how how does this work? Because you've uh, when you met your wife, were you traveling this much? Is no, this um, I originally I um, we had our shop in our home and studio were in Haleiwa, Hawaii, okay. uh, no shore. And we would, when my dad was still living, we would do concerts in there all day. And my father passed away in 2010. And that mm. was a really dark time for my family from like mm. the end of 2010 through 2011. There were just so many changes. It was a sudden loss. Like we didn't, there were no signs with my dad and he uh, passed from a heart attack. Mm. And my whole family, we are very passionate people. And mm -hmm. anybody out there who has a family knows that uh, <laughs> you can get under each other's skin, you can be each other's <laughs> best friends, you can do everything, but getting siblings siblings, and um, um, to agree all the time when we're all that stubborn headed, it was, uh, it was a journey from uh, all through 2011. And I met Julia in the middle of 2011 mm. and she's from Germany. So, she uh she came traveling to hawaii was like she long story man i don't know how much time we got but it's it's a oh, lot right. just, just go time. dude i, I want to hear this because i i won't have time to get it from you on friday so i want to get this <laughs> now so we can shorthand it on friday <laughs> okay cool so what, what happened is um julia had a had a very intense job in germany um that she studied years for she's way smarter than me she's she's the one that's got the master's degree so she, had, for reasons, really intense reasons, decided she needed a break from all of that. And she traveled the world for one year. Her last stop before going back home was little Haleiwa, Hawaii. <laughs> she met this guy and um, we were, neither of us were in the place to really look for a relationship or connect to a person, but we met and then she went back home. And I always like say like the end of, you know, Jungle Book, the old cartoon, like the mm -hmm. end, and I, I, like when he got the pail of water and like, just followed her off at the very end, and all this, and Baloo's like, no, that was me. I, <laughs> I left. I went all the way to Germany, and I was like, I'll be back when um, I'll be back when we're married and when we can live together. And um, it was, I thought it was going to take three months, but the visa process and everything stretched and stretched. I think it took about eleven months. Wow. And um, when I came back, it was like. All of a sudden, my younger brother Thunderstorm was this amazing songwriter, and it was <laughs> it was amazing. And uh, so we uh, we started trying all these different things, figuring out who who we were as a family. Me and my wife trying to figure out how to get a place, trying to do all this stuff. And I guess what I was trying to explain is through all those changes into 2012, it was like, okay, how can I support my family, support our family shop and business that was there. And this new dynamic of not trying to be the older brother slash dad, which wasn't really my position, which I tried to do after my dad passed, was like mm. I tried to fill that space being mm. the son. And um, I was quickly reminded that we are a very stubborn family. So, uh, <laughs> so after getting through the really intense grieving stage for my family, everybody was ready to stand on their own feet and figure out what they wanted to do. So 
the beautiful thing that's happened through all that is now my me and my siblings we have this new relationship I, for lack of better words it's like when you love some i've always heard this and i thought i'd never quote it when you love someone you've got to let them go mm -hmm. what happened in that is like all my siblings kind of standing on their feet going all these different directions and now we come back together and it's like hey this is who i am this is who you are this and it's been amazing i wish somebody had told me that was going to happen back in 2012 mm. and it would have made this last year so much easier but now here we all <laughs> are you know i i was having a, a good two-hour conversation with one of my brothers yesterday my brother martis and he's grown into this just amazing man and it's just like having to talk with him having to talk with my sister and it's just like wow man if somebody told us 10 years ago this is who we we're going to grow into it's like but being an older sibling, it was always the struggle of um, you're still that eight-year-old that I have to look out for. You're mm -hmm. still that three-year-old that's going to stick a, a fork in the plug, you know? It's like, it's always that struggle, right? Especially right after my dad passed away. And um, it's been beautifully a beautiful struggle. I think, hmm. I don't know, I think there's a song there somewhere. But uh, it's been a, a beautiful, a beautiful struggle and journey. And um but that's what makes life interesting, right? When you think of yes. back on all that. I mean, like, and like, if we could see forward, it wouldn't be half as interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way. Yeah, I always think about those uh, those trying times. Is uh, you know, that's what you're gonna look back on ten years from now, and that's what made you where you are now, right? Those, yeah. Uh, those hard times. That's true, man. And uh, there was there's a lot that, that came out of that, and um. I I talked to friends um, before I had lost my dad and and they had lost a parent or a loved one. And the first thing out of my mouth was, you know, man, I'm so sorry if I can do anything for you. Like, just let me know anything. I'm, I'm there. And and while that came from a good place, I didn't know till after I lost my dad. That's the thing I wish I had never said. Because mm. like after losing my dad, I had friends who would say it to me. And the first thought comes to your mind is, okay, bring them back. You know what mm. I mean? So yeah. someone asked me five years after I had lost my dad, they had lost a loved one. And they asked me, um, does it get better? And, and you learn things from going through stuff that you don't know you learned, if that makes sense. Yeah. For me, it was, it doesn't get better. The, the pain we feel is that person making space to live in you. And that's what I felt like I had to learn. And so many things that life wants to teach us if we just listen and experience it. Cause um, I think a lot of times we just try to be safe. We, mm -hmm. should, we should always seek to do the right thing all the time. We should always seek to love, uh, love others, make space for others and, and listen more than we talk. You know, not that I'm doing that really well right here on this interview. I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's like, and that's what I try to translate through music, my life and, and, and everything I'm working on is just trying to find a way and find out what that means to truly be of service to society and life and the people I meet and, and not follow what's hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> and cause there's so many things that just change and pop up and, but I just like, you know, I really want to see like if we were if I was able to live my life 30 years from now and then look back and be like, all right, what 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 would I maybe wish that I hadn't done or had had done. And um, one of the things is like um, we just I just reached out to a wonderful organization called Our Rescue. And um, 
we want to do a lot more work with organizations like them. What they do is they really for, focus on just helping with child trafficking and all those problems. And I'm like, those are real issues that we could put our energy towards. And so we've been really focusing on that as well as taking music in classrooms and just just trying to just share as much as we can and try to impact society and just remind people, care about your neighbor. Yeah, and I, I can, I, and I can attest that uh, Ron lives the walks the walk because you know he he we when I when I met Ron we didn't know each and each other from uh, you know Adam or whatever and um, but he's always been just the coolest easiest guy to work with you know like to do videos or hey I need help with this or can you do this or you know, and so yeah it's been yeah so I know that he's uh, he's a good dude and I will tell you that <laughs> he's a um, good dude <laughs> I, I will tell you that my. So when I do my work at night, I'm sitting at my desk and I usually have the, I have a, a playlist on YouTube, you know, and it includes high session stuff. And my wife typically has, uh, if I can say less than, less than 20% interest in anything that involves me. So she's <laughs> usually not, not paying attention to anything I'm doing. But whenever Ron comes on, she's like, oh, who's that singing? Who's that singing? You know, she, <laughs> and she's like, oh, it, and she was telling me the other day, she, was, she says, oh, you know, every time I ask who's that singing, because I hear it and I, I'm like, wow, this guy can see it's, it's Ron. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Of course. Cause he's, he's great. That's, that's one, that's one more um, thing that I, I've been saying in this last four years is, is um, be grateful for friends who see something you, you don't see in yourself. Mm. I, I mentioned that I love music since as long as I can remember, I was playing an instrument or something, but I did not sing until I was 22. Wow. Both of my parents came in and they told me they were dead serious. They told me they're like, we believe God told us you should sing. I was ready to run away. <laughs> I was like, that is too big. That is too much. <laughs> I don't want to sing. I don't even think I want to sing. I, I, I love my favorite place to play in music is in the back of the band. And I'll explain why, because there's all these things happening in a band. Um, and this is more on this side again, when I was talking about soul, jazz, and all those things. Is when there's a song happening and going on, if you're playing in the back of the band, you can kind of just add little things inside the song. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a song you love listening to, you can just add a little lick here, or add a melody here, and just hold a chord and just get lost in the music, just dream. And then all of a sudden, they're talking about putting me in the front of the band. And I was like, no way, man. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to, I don't want to grow my hair long and play a rock guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a journey, man. It was, um, it was uh, anybody, you can ask anybody who knew me when I was about 20, 22, man. And uh, they were, it was literally like my parents pulling teeth for two years. It was, uh, it was really rough. And um Man, I'm just grateful now when I get to share songs and, and hear comments like you, what you and your wife said. It's like, man, I, somebody saw something in me I didn't see in me. I never would have thought to be a singer. I never would have thought to sing and write full songs. It just wasn't in my mind. It was like, I love to be inside of music. I never would have thought of it. Yeah. I think it's funny that both of us know you from um, doing a gig at the Honolulu Academy of Arts. <laughs> Because <laughs> I had to do one for the for the radio station one year, and uh, it was a they were doing that uh, that Sunday thing for Bank of Hawaii, and oh, we're gonna have Ron Artis play, and I, went, I remember that, and I went, yeah, Ron Artis in the courtyard, really? 
And this was right after the pandemic started, so there was nobody. Was I mean, nobody, <laughs> it was starting to circle around the news, like, hey, yeah. you shouldn't go out to. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there, like, hey, you think this virus thing is going to stick around? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be gone in two weeks. Oh, we'll be cool, man. <laughs> but you know, it was it was it was fascinating to watch you play because uh, I mean, sorry, we're, we're turning this into we love Ron Artiste time. But um, uh, one of the one of the things I was well, one of the things I was mentioning to them uh, that's very true is I would listen to your song. They go, okay, wait, what song is that from? Okay, wait, who did that song? And then I realized, oh no. All of these songs are originals. He doesn't do covers. He just does originals. But every original that you do sounds like something I've heard before, either on the radio or somebody's played it on an album or something. And that's it's remarkable to me because the, you don't you don't find that in many artists. I mean, and and it doesn't mean that you don't have your voice because you do have your voice. It's just the way you present it, the way you sing it, the way I don't know, just the easy way that you do it makes you go, oh yeah, I remember that song. That's from that mm -hmm. album. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> I don't think he's played that for anybody except for us. It's, Just now. <laughs> it, it, it's scary sometimes for me to do covers. I, I've, I've done it a couple times for, for friends. And usually it's like if I have the lyrics written out somewhere because I'm like, man, I think everybody knows this song. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I think the worst thing that happened, there, there's there's two funny things. And, and John may have been there for this one. Okay. I, I uh I was with John, uh, John Cruz was a guest at the Doris Duke Theater. And, um, and he came up and he played one of our songs with us and then he, he played Island Style. And I've loved that song my whole life. I was like, I've always listened to it. But the worst place to realize you've been singing the wrong lyrics your whole life is on <laughs> next to the guy who wrote the song. <laughs> <laughs> what lyrics was it that you're getting wrong dude man it was like and john cruz didn't let me slide either was, oh really <laughs> yeah johnny would not yeah john's the type of guy he's gonna say something in he's his like, oh john cruz style way this is how it went down right he was like i was like if we don't go um grandma's house and if we gotta go grandma's house and clean yard if we don't go grandma gotta work hard yeah um you know my grandma she loved the poor world sour and this is what I said, Malama Lama every minute, every hour. Oh. <laughs> I thought that's what I was saying. And then he was like, he was like, oh, oh, brah. And everybody's playing, everybody's there clapping. And he's like, oh, 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 oh. what you said right there? I like, I was like, oh, no, good. He's like, no, not all good, bro. Like, what did you say? Sing that again. And he went back and did the part again. He's like, oh, man. He's like, brah, I sing, I love my grandma every minute, every hour. I'm not talking about over Malama Market, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I wanted to hide behind the mic stand. <laughs> oh, boy. He was laughing. And then he started singing all the extra verses that people had written. And it was so. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good, but I was like, I was laughing so hard. The, oh, the was I can't imagine him letting anybody off the hook for that. Oh, no, man. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever going to miss that lyric up again that was in that room. <laughs> like looking at me, looking at me like, yeah. Well, it wasn't or like, you know, like nowadays to get the lyrics, you just go on your iPad right in front of you and you get mm -hmm. the correct. Back then, you really had to listen and decipher what he was saying or what he was, what was being sung, you know? So I, I was singing along the whole time in the car everywhere. And I was just got yeah. to 
start singing it loud and strong and wrong. I did it like, right to me, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, it was uh, funny, dude. It was so much fun. But I love music that. for speaking of music for other people. Um, we we like to ask each of our guests uh, about their desert island discs, and because you're Ooh. you're you got your music influence from your parents. I know you know what a desert island disc is. So we yeah. usually ask people for their three desert island discs that they would take with them. Uh, the only thing we ask is that you don't make them. Um, yeah, three albums. And if if uh, they cannot be greatest hits albums, that would be better. Oh, so no cheating, you're saying? Yeah, no cheating, yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically. <laughs> okay, let me get this right. All right. Well, while you're thinking of that, uh, so after Ron gives us his three discs, we're going to take a short break and then come back with our for our Patreon section. Short section, 15 minutes. And uh, we, we will continue on with Ron with the interview for a little while more. We might have him play something. Yeah, we might have him play something. That'd be cool, yeah. Oh, man, that's a hard question. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you can talk about three artists that influence you. How's that? Um, yeah, but the three album one is stomping me right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say... I kind of have to say, I know I would want Kavika Kayapo's album, the one with Y Manalo. Oh, okay. Ah. Whenever we're on the road somewhere and we've been away from home too long, I always put that on. I binge that album. And so oh, nice. I even tell him a couple of times I listen to that like over and over. So I know I'm definitely going to have that one. Um, okay. Man, I got to mix it up because I'm going to be out there for a while. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would have to go with something with Sinatra. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay, nice. How's the time go by, right? Yeah. Um, and then, ah, I would do Jacqueline Dupre. She's that uh, cellist. I would do, she only one full album with a full concert. So I would have those three and I could mix it up. Okay. That is eclectic and... Awesome. Yeah, that is very eclectic. Yeah. That's it's very uh yeah, it's very Ron Artis. <laughs> all over, right? I mean with Sinatra, uh, you can grab almost any album um mm-hmm. from Sinatra and you're just gonna get lost in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and, and Kavika, man, his voice is so soothing. Yeah, it is. Playing is so relaxed, it's, it's never anxious. You know what I mean? It's like whenever he's just playing, it's like I got all day, I'm just here for the <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like that it's just so comforting awesome that's my three-year-old up there okay well we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with ron it right after this <laughs> 